Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What does the future hold for St. Louis and how do we get there? This is Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome in, Michael Calhoun, along with... Along with Travis Sheridan. How are y'all doing today? This is Nothing Impossible. And if you've been downtown this week, you probably, your head's been on a swivel because every chair at every sidewalk dining establishment, bar, restaurant, (laughs) even the cigar lounge, they were all filled with uh, some of the brightest geospatial minds in the country. Well, it was, uh, no pun intended, it was the location to be uh, this last week for GeoInt uh, when we're talking about geospatial and location science. Yeah, nobody asked me for directions downtown this past week. <laughs> it would be a, it would be a, fl- a faux pas on their part as professionals in this area. <laughs> they all seemed to know where they were going. They probably launched the satellites that actually powered the GPS, to be honest. Some of them did. Um, and so we're going to get into the GeoInt Symposium, the huge national geospatial conference that was held at the convention center downtown part of st louis making its mark as a hub for geospatial technology yeah and it's it you know this was the first time that the, the, the symposium like this was held in st louis and it's you know hopefully a precursor of things to come as the new nga west building gets closer and closer to completion Speaking of things to come, we also have a new group of startups from uh, Arch Grants that they're giving $50,000 to to move to St. Louis. And there are some new elements, including if you are moving, you might get some extra money in exchange for coming to St. Louis. Uh, So we've got uh, Emily Lowe's Bush to run down the highlights. We'd love over the next several weeks to to introduce you to some of the individual companies. But we're going to get the the layout of Arch Grants coming up from Executive Director Emily Lowe's Bush. Yeah, and when these startups are relocating to St. Louis, they're going to want a place to eat. And so we're going to talk to a, I would call it a recent investor in the restaurant scene in St. Louis, but investing in some established brands. Uh, Danny Eichenhorst uh, is going to join us for the last segment. And we're going to talk to her about her recent investment in not only Steve's hot dogs, but the fountain on Locust. Oh, I'm hungry now. We should meet up there for lunch, Michael. Grab some food. You know, who, who, what's better than hot dogs and then walking, going over and getting some ice cream for dessert? Innovation and milkshakes. Perfect. Sounds good to me. So we got Geospatial, Arch Grants, and the Fountain on Locust, St. Louis Innovation, coming up as we continue on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. All right, welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Michael had a chance to sit down and chat with Emily Loge Bush, the executive director of Arch Grants, about their new crop of startups. 
35 startup companies. It seems like a larger number compared to previous years. <laughs> it is. It's a significantly larger number. Um, we increased our grant funding uh, by about 70% this year. And so in addition to doing 15 or so more companies than we've ever done before, um, we also started this year doing $10,000 relocation grants to companies moving from outside of Missouri. Um, so in total, I think it was just around $1.9 million that we granted out this year. And can you talk more about that part of Arch Grants attracting both attention from outside and then ultimately attracting not just companies, but the talent that's behind them? So maybe if the first company fails, you've brought that founder to St. Louis and the next work that they do is hopefully here. How many of these companies usually come from out of town and what is that process like? Do they stay here for a long time? Yeah, um, so you are correct in that usually about 50% of our companies are what we call a track. So they're coming to St. Louis for the Arts Grants Program. And about 50% are already companies that are based here, located here. And um, our grants are intended to help them grow and help them stay here um, as they grow. So they continue to see St. Louis as a place for, for their companies to scale. Um, and so this year we have... Um, Pretty similar to years past, that 50-50 breakdown, 17 of the companies are relocating to St. Louis for Arch Grants, and 18 are already based here. And what are the different uh, types of products, or what are the industries that these companies are in? I think when folks think of startups, they think, all right, somebody's making an app. But this is a broad spectrum of businesses that are involved in this latest cohort. It is. And every year, our companies keep getting more diverse in every way, honestly. And it's um, it's a combination of the fact that what we've always funded and still fund tech enabled companies um, is the way that we that we frame it that have that have the potential to have a national or international impact. But what that looks like is is fairly broad, and um, because our purpose is to build the future economy in St. Louis. What we're looking for is companies that are going to have that impact as they have that national, international scale. So this year we have uh, more e-commerce and consumer packaged good companies than we've ever had before. And I think that's an interesting um, data point because as we kind of looked into, like, I wonder why that was that we had um, so many more e-commerce and consumer packaged good companies that applied and really were able to prove that they could have that that scale. And I think part of it is, it is based on the pandemic and the fact that um, the way that we consume and purchase and market goods um, has changed in a way that we're all, I think, extremely comfortable uh, with direct-to-consumer e-commerce and um, and then generally over the past five years, we've seen seen an increase in companies that can sell direct to consumer using social media, using online marketing, and don't have to go through that third party uh, department store or something like that to um, to get their product out into the market. Emily, what are a couple of since you just talked about them? We'll start there. Consumer products companies. I see uh, sauces and condiments. I see <laughs> cosmetics. It's it runs the gamut here. What are maybe a couple of the consumer products startups that are of most interest? Yeah, I mean, you know what? It, it's funny because I um, we're we're just getting to know them. So there there's a number of of ways that. Um, 
that they that we're excited about them coming into our community or growing in our community. Definitely, as you mentioned, the food products. Um, we have um, corn rind, which is a um, really interesting shelf stable um, alternative to. Uh, uh, I don't know if they describe it exactly this way, but the way I think of it is alternative to dairy-based cheese sauces. Um, And they're a company that um, has applied in the past and has really experienced a lot of growth and has shown that there's a growing demand for this market and that that can be based right here in St. Louis. Um, And then similarly um, in the, in the, uh, beauty and, and self-care space. Uh, we have um, Halal Cosmetics, who they're actually moving from Chicago to be here, that are um, uh, beauty products for, um, for Muslim, Muslim women and um, women who, who want to um, purchase and, and buy um, Halal, potentially vegan, um, skincare products. So, there's it, it there's really a, a wide range of, of companies but um, what's nice about having so many this year is even as they've all in the last couple of weeks gotten to St. Louis and started to meet each other there's these nice little mini cohorts that form within the larger cohort where the people in the food and beverage space have specific networks and things like that that they can share similar in the beauty space similar in the geospatial in the um you know in in the ai space and then similar of course in the tech and apps which we still do always have some really exciting companies in that space as well yeah i can recall interviewing greetable which yeah. is one of those that's gone through arts grants and uh, hearing from them about they come to st louis and, and they started getting uh, advice from former may company executives for instance so the yep. serendipitous collisions as travis likes to say helping to give advice across industries and within industries. I'm curious. I've seen Mighty Cricket at some of the Danforth Plant Science Center events. Have you tried their protein powder, cricket-based? I have. Well, I've tried a brownie that is that is made from the from the protein powder, from the cricket powder. Um, And I have to say, I mean, it's pretty delicious. I, like, would never... Um, and and that's a, that's a great company that she's applied actually a couple times in the past and has continued to kind of hone in on what her product is and what the market is for it. And um, this was this was the right time, right year. She's at the right place to scale, and so we're thrilled to have her join the cohort. I also see the word uh, cybersecurity as I flip through the list of companies, and that's a big yeah. concern for a lot right now. Yeah. Well, and, and it's interesting. So we have a number of, of companies in that space, one of which is Erkios, um from Kansas City. And they actually approach it from the hardware side, which I think is um, one of the things that is of um, has always been of concern, but is, I think, a, a particularly interesting area. So they are um, cybersecurity, but very much on the on the side of uh, protecting the physical assets. And um, so obviously there's a number of companies in, um, in, in that space here in, in St. Louis, and we're looking forward to getting them connected with, um, with those companies that, that have those large data centers and, and have all that physical equipment that, that need that um, security. And then, uh, you know, we've talked with uh, Stadia Ventures and many of the sports tech startups uh, that call St. Louis home on the show before. And uh, some people may think, all right, how can a company integrate AI and sports? 
How do those go uh-huh. together? But there's one on this list, which is an out-of-town attraction, by the way, to St. Louis coming from Texas. There's one that does that. Yes, yes. Um, that um, So that's a in- really interesting company. That's a, a husband and wife team. And um, he's a longtime football coach, and she is kind of on the business side um, and uh, have have honed this, this ability for, um, as I understand it, and as I said, I'll get to know a lot more about these companies over the next couple of weeks as I get to know the founders better, but um, have the ability to um, work with players and with coaches on um, training and on drills and on safety. Um, and they use AI um, quite intentionally and then base it on the learning component of, I mean, I think that's what we're learning with all AI is that Generally, like what it is, is it's, it's understanding human behavior and the specific human behavior of the person interacting with the, um, with the technology and making changes based on that. And so for something like coaching and training, that's a huge value add as you learn more about or as the app learns more about the player and the coach and the, the program to be able to, um, to customize in that way. Well, the official welcome for all of these companies is coming up Wednesday, November 17th, the 2021 Arch Grants Virtual Gala. Get all the details on that at archgrants.org. And Emily Lowesbush, thank you so much. Thank you. Always a pleasure to speak with you. All right. Wow. 35 companies receiving Arch Grants. And I love that uh, extra kicker of you know another 10000 to help people relocate to the St. Louis region if they're from outside of Missouri or 150 miles away from St. Louis. And also startups are not just, we mentioned this, but they're not just apps, somebody building software. A lot of consumer products companies, Emily said, are part of this cohort too. Well, and that really ties again to our, we talk a lot of, about the the legacy of St. Louis and some of our you know core strengths. We are a consumer packaged good, a CPG uh, type of city. And so I think these these companies will, you know, not only find a lot of good connections, but probably some good mentoring here in St. Louis as part of Arch Grants. Well, coming up, we're going to take you to the Geo Inc. Symposium that happened at the Convention Center this week. Big deal for St. Louis, and we'll tell you all about it. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart cart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Nothing Impossible on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Michael had a chance to, you sat down with Andy Deering from Geo Futures while you were walking through the GeoInt Symposium. Let's check out what he had to say about this event. So give me a taste of what it's like to walk the concourses at the symposium. What's what's happening? Are people, you know, what, what's being talked about? What are the big topics? Is it jam-packed? Is there a lot of energy? Kind of give me a little bit of a taste. Oh my gosh, it's, uh, it's packed down here. We have over 3,000 uh, attendees that are already starting to congregate. Really, the buzz is all around geospatial. It's around NGA. It's around the community about what's going on. And St. Louis is showing up well outside and inside the, the symposium. What's been some of the, um, you know, give some examples of the topics that are being discussed, maybe some of the sessions that are being held, um, especially um, that people can relate to who aren't necessarily familiar with NGA, the spy agency, or even geospatial, but they understand mapping and location. Um, So what are some of the ways that geospatial and the private industry is, is being talked about and showing up here? That's a great question. A lot of the hubs are, are talking about some of the, you know, trade craft or, or, or workforce or kind of some of the skills that they're needing or where the innovation's going. But in the St. Louis hub, which we have our own, you know, speaking sessions and slots, you know, we're talking about transportation logistics and how, you know, organizations like Graybar or Object Computing or others that are not specifically in this geo-in space are applying, you know, uh, technologies or computing or or have different, um, they're consumers of geospatial information or technologies and how they're using it to help support transportation logistics problems, for example. Um, we have our innovators and, and startups that are here talking about their, their technologies that not only support the NGA mission, but support a lot of other missions that are going on out there that are not related to national security. And so for us, you know, it's, it's being able, or for the hub, being able to kind of show those relatable applications of geospatial and how how those are important and how the skills and how the training and how innovation is happening all around that. So that's what's going on in the St. Louis hub. And, and then in the other hubs that are going on and they're having lightning talks, you're going to hear from, you know, smaller companies, larger companies about what they need, where they're going. And it's not just related to national security, but it's really related to where the geospatial industry is going as a whole. I think a lot of people can relate to that now because of the supply chain issues that we've had. So transportation and logistics and how geospatial can make those more uh, efficient and reliable, uh, I think is pretty relatable for for everybody. Is, Is that current event kind of entering into the conversation that you can tell? Absolutely. Um, one of the startups that is here, um, Hum, they were a uh, Arch Grants recipient, and they're actually going to be on the floor talking about how they do, you know, GPS on rail cars, um, creating that Amazon. You know, you can track your package along the way and what's going on. The rail industry is somewhat behind, and obviously that's carrying a lot of the supplies and goods that we need to kind of keep our country running. That's one example of that's a need and demand that's been there. Um, other things, you know, is we have, uh, you know, modern technology companies like, like Object Computing that's going to be talking about how they apply artificial intelligence to predict and track and anticipate what's going on in supply chains and in some of the logistics to help make that more efficient. So spot on, Michael, um, in, in the, the conversation is going to be all around that and, and trying to get people to relate saying, oh, wow, 
that is a, a challenge because at the end of the day, some of those, when we don't have some of those goods or some of those services, it is, it does become a national security issue, which then does relate to some of the national security problems that are, that are present here. Well, a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, I always love hearing from Andy and you kept that excitement going. You were, had a chance to walk through T-Rex where they're having some uh, post events there related to GeoInt and you caught up with Patty Hagan, the executive director of T-Rex. A lot of activity, people peering into tablets out on the street here outside of T-Rex by the convention center. What's going on right now? Well, we developed a, um, a, an event and an experience for attendees at the uh, USGIF's GeoInt conference here in St. Louis. Um, and um, we wanted them to have a special um, experience and understand that St. Louis has got a lot of technology chops and um, do some cool, fun things um, with all of our guests here to St. Louis. So we've developed this augmented reality trail in uh, partnership with one of our startups called Another Reality Studio. Okay. And how has it been with all of these visitors here, top people in the geospatial industry, getting a glimpse of St. Louis for the first time? I'm curious, what did they think of it before they got here, and now what do they think of St. Louis? Well, there's, there's already a lot of excitement about St. Louis and in, in the geospatial world. And a lot of attention is being paid to what's happening here now in terms of um, geospatial education, um, geospatial, uh, the NGA's involvement um, here, the new, the new NGA campus. And here at T-Rex, we've built the first uh, geospatial innovation center in the nation. Um, and now we've just, um, in partnership with the NGA, um, built NGA's new Moonshot Labs facility, which is the first unclassified intelligence uh, innovation center um, in the nation as well. So the geospatial community is really interested in what's happening here. What do you hope that this, all of this exposure and influence that, that's happening these few days. What do you hope that has, uh, the effect it has on the Geospatial Innovation Center, on Moonshot Labs, on all of these different initiatives and, and really bringing them together? Yeah, well, you know, Michael, it's so important to bring expertise together and to connect people because you never know exactly how um, innovators will find new ways to work together and how new ideas are spurred. Um, and, and that's why these kinds of spaces these kinds of activities, the USGIF's conference is so important. And it's really, people are so excited about getting back together again. So we're all doing it safely. Um, we're all wearing masks, you know, we're really, um, and, and, and yet people are connecting and, and, and are just so joy, joyful to make these connections and get back together again, so. And the week began with the Geo Seeds. Announcement. Yeah, right. So this is really exciting. So uh, we started a, uh, a GeoSeed uh, funding program through T-Rex and our partners at National Security uh, Innovation Network, as well as Freedom Consulting, helped fund a, uh, a GeoSeed uh, Geo awards program. And we awarded five uh, uh, grants to area universities to help spur research um, and emerging research in uh, uh, geospatial technologies so that we can keep that big innovation wheel moving um, here in St. Louis. you got to have the whole cycle moving in order to be successful in innovation. And that includes universities, uh, commercial entities, startups, and, um, and uh, government and nonprofits as well. 
You need to check out the augmented reality experience that um, is going on because it's it's really unique. And and one of the things, Michael, that uh, we have an EDA grant as well um, to build an extended reality lab here. And there are two uh, primary uh, focus areas at the start of this grant. One is building tourism capability and one is remote learning. And this tonight, showing people how augmented reality can add um, information and history and uh, and really a fun experience to to a visitor experience that you could imagine this being really put through all over downtown all over st. Louis there's all kinds of information um, that can be shared using these kinds of technology capabilities and tourism can benefit from it so I think that this is a neat uh, kind of a pilot for what this could be going forward so you got to see a giant T-Rex, augmented reality T-Rex, attacking the side of the building. That that had to be fun. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity for this cluster to continue to develop and really focusing in on geospatial as a, a driving industry. And speaking of clustering, we have restaurant clusters all around, but now we have an investor who's clustering them together uh, under a certain port, a si- single portfolio. Stick around. We're going to check in with Danny Eichenhorst and learn about what she's recently doing with the Fountain on Locust. St. Louis Innovation with Michael and Travis. Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Travis Sheridan, Michael Calhoun. And, you know, Michael, we are we're a foodie town. There's a lot of good restaurants uh, and a lot of restaurants that either have established a strong brand name like Steve's Hot Dogs. You got to love Steve Ewing and the folks at the from the Urge and also the Fountain on Locusts. Long history and tradition. And what do those two things have in common? Besides the fact that they're beloved St. Louis brands that people have these treasured memories connected to that they, I mean, they, they just have such a passion for these two places. They do. And, and we get to talk to somebody who, you know, is starting to build, dare I say, a restaurant empire, a portfolio of cherished restaurants. Uh, Danny Eichenhurst is joining us right now, part of the, uh, the investment team that is, has invested in Steve's Hot Dogs and now more recently the Fountain on Locust. Danny, thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. Happy to be here. So, Danny, tell us what the heck is going on. And I have to ask you, like, you don't have to answer this, but is Crown Candy next? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Andy, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and then Emo's Pizza after that, right? Right. We're going yeah, for I've got all an offer of the iconic on the arts. Yeah, yeah we, we got an offer in on the arch. Um, so we, you know what, we're, we're just crazy lucky. We've got a lot of friends and we love this town. And so, you know, obviously when Steve's happened, that was not planned. That was just a friend that needed some help. And it happened to be help that was my area of expertise and my husband's. And so it worked out beautifully. And it's been a massive blessing to our family and to his family and, and, um, and I think to the community as well. And, uh, you know, Joy and Ron, who are the owners of the fountain, saw what we were doing there and reached out to us just to talk. And in the course of conversations, I think that Joy had a, a light bulb moment and, and was like, I think these are the people to step into our shoes. Like she was ready to retire. So um, for us, it's just, you know, it was, unbelievable (laughs) so um but but we 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 took our time to think about it before doing it because this is i mean you just like you said it's an iconic brand this is a palace to art deco and it's a 
incredible experience. And so we had to take a minute to make sure that we were we were going to be able to step in and say yes and carry this on and really preserve her legacy. A palace to Art Deco. Danny, can you can you expand on that a little bit? Take us into the Fountain on Locust. What is the environment like, the vibe, what's on the menu? Uh, what is the Fountain on Locust for those who are just being introduced to it? Oh, my goodness. So, so Joy Gridnick um, established this place 12 years ago. It's on Locust. It's in the old automotive row. It's in the Stutz Automotive Building. And she, um, it, you come in and you've got vintage black and white tile floors. You've got gorgeous hand-painted de- hand Art Deco murals on the walls. She created these gorgeous lamps that hang from the ceiling. Um, you know, it's you've got you sit in a booth and you can turn on an old timey radio show and listen to it while you wait for your food. They've got adult ice cream beverages, ice cream martinis. I believe this is the, the home of the ice cream martinis, so this is kind of where it was established twelve years ago. Um, and then she's she curated this awesome menu of sort of light fare, so you could have something light and healthy and save room for your ice cream and not walk out and kind of, um, you know, be upset with yourself for eating too much. So it's it's gorgeous. It is just gorgeous. Head, you know, from floor to ceiling, every inch of it is was custom done by Joy. Um, and during COVID, in fact, she actually expanded her art upstairs and, and created this stardust room that we're that we're opening now that's an event space. And she took all of COVID to work on that as well. And it's all hand-painted um, you've got chrome and silver, and um, I always say it looks like you're walking into a Smashing Pumpkins album a little bit. <laughs> it just, it's just gorgeous. Totally immersive. Well, Danny, you mentioned we'll make a transition from Smashing Pumpkins to The Urge and, and Steve's hot dogs here. Uh, you mentioned that you stepped in uh, to help out Steve and his team when they had a problem that they needed solved, and it li- aligned with your area of expertise. Tell us a little bit about what what it is that you and and your husband Ike you know bring and and, and bring to these types of operations. Well, you know, so so in that instance in particular, my, I'm a I'm a marketing and business consultant. I've I've taught digital marketing at UMSL. I have a small agency, um, and I've always approached business from and and marketing from the from a place of your business has to be solid before you go and invest in marketing. Because if we go and blow up your brand and get you a lot of business, you better be ready to to handle it when it comes. And my husband is also. Um, a business guy and his his expertise is really accounting and numbers and so when we stepped into Steve's it was a dream team because we had Steve's creativity um, and all of his energy in the community and then we were able to really operationalize it and make it happen in a way that made the business stronger Um, and and we brought in amazing people and Marcus and I really believe in Succeeding through all the awesome people in our world, empowering them and letting them, you know, jump in and have fun with us. And we're, you know, you you said something earlier about building an empire. Part of why we're doing that is, you know, when we stepped into Steve's, we were blessed with a lot of amazing people that came with it, you know, Um, and they helped us do all of that. And we thought when this opportunity arose, part of our thinking was, 
Um, we want to grow our world big enough that we can keep everybody like that, that we find that's amazing inside of it. So we can keep doing this stuff together. I'm really interested in that split between like, if somebody wants to start a, a restaurant, uh, what's the split between you've got to know how to make great food. Obviously that's the first part, but marketing and the business aspect, what's kind of the split for those different uh, areas of expertise that somebody should have or bring somebody in on if they want to start a restaurant. Yeah, I think that it works for us because we we do. It's not that that all doesn't reside in one person at at any of these restaurants and probably few successful restaurants that, you know, it's always a partnership with super talented people. So at Steve's Hot Dogs, we have Joe, um, who is his been there from the start and he's our culinary genius and we really lean on him and he helps us develop amazing recipes they've got they've got their own sort of joe here at the fountain and joy help develop a lot of the recipes as well and so you've got to have that talent in your world and then um and then you build a community around it um in here at the fountain there's there's massive community already kind of rooting for for what they're doing down here and it's also a um, a tourist icon, so it's got a it's got a bigger bigger reputation. It's a different it's a different one, but yeah, I think I think it takes that business acumen and that that community building and and somebody in your world that that um, really has a vision for what the menu should be and and uh, and and oftentimes when you don't see restaurants succeed, it's because one of those is missing. You know the as I've drive up and down Midtown there and, and the Locust, uh, you know, business district, there's a lot of changes going on, a lot of good growth. Uh, not only is it, it used to be a bunch of automotive businesses. Now there's a number of agencies, creative uh, a- agencies and whatnot. Uh, is, is there opportunity for Locust or for Locust and more importantly, the Fountain to establish a bigger presence? And, and is this event space part of that strategy? Yeah, yeah. You know what? We're really excited about what's happening down here. Not only do you have all this, the all of these creative um, agencies in the area, but you've got the Fox a couple of blocks away. You've got a lot of event stuff coming back and into the neighborhood. There, there is so much opportunity, and we're just getting acclimated and we're just getting started. So I can't wait to see what's to come. But the the event, yeah, the event space is absolutely a part of it. You know, you come here sometimes on a, a Saturday or a Sunday, and you might have an hour, hour and a half long wait. Um, and so we were looking for different ways to utilize the space to get more people in here when we need to. And also to be able to, um, this is a place where you come for special occasions and we wanted people to be able to host them here, start to finish in a private room. Um, and I think there's, there's so much possibility around how we can use that space. But um, yeah, there, there's, I, we're excited to be part of the whole district down here. And I'm, I'm just, uh, you've got, the soccer stadium coming in about a mile away. You've got uh, Top Golf about a mile away. I mean, it's, there's a lot happening in and near Midtown, so we're we're happy to be a part of it. Yeah, that central corridor. We have, um, you know, th- there's one day where the news story is a horrible crime has occurred, and then the next week it's three thousand people are in town for the GOINT conference, and they're impressed with St. Louis. So, what is your, you know, step back and uh, evaluate the central corridor? Oh, I'm far from being an expert on on um, the region's health and all of that, but all I can speak from is the perspective of somebody that 
that wasn't here to start with, right? I came here later in life. This was a place I came to for vacation. Um, and so it's got a special sort of nostalgia for me in this area. But what I did see when I arrived is people like Travis um, and, and people like me that were not from the area um, that are getting plugged in and welcomed in the area and creating some incredible things from, from Cortex on out. Um, but there's, there's, um, there's a lot of momentum and innovation and investment happening in the St. Louis region. And I'm hopeful. That's all I can say. I'm hopeful and I'm thankful to be here. Um, but, but we're along for the ride now. We're more invested than we've ever been. So I, you know, we're definitely hopeful. Well, Danny, you mentioned three words, uh, innovation, momentum, and investment. And I have to, and our, the show is called nothing impossible. So I have to ask you about this impossible task that you just accomplished, which was Steve's opening a brand new location on South Grand, beautiful location, uh, and within, it seemed like, two to three weeks, uh, you acquiring and investing in the fountain. Uh, is that is this going to be your normal pace, uh, or are you, are you able to slow down a little bit? Because that seems like a lot. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I think we've hit our ceiling for the moment. We've got to find more amazing people in our world to help us do more amazing things. But yeah, that that timing was something else. Like we sat we sat our boys down about uh, a month and a half ago, and we're like, "Buckle up, kiddos! Like it's gonna be a wild couple of months, and and life life doesn't go back from here. This is where we're going." And we we checked in with them as a family, and we're like, "Are you okay with where we're going?" And you know, and they they were down, man. They they want to be part of kind of the the Eichenhorst family empire too. They love they love St. Louis and they have their own ideas. So probably more more stuff to more stuff to come with them uh, than us in the short term. <laughs> What's well, interesting? Hot, do- hot dogs and ice cream. Like you can't beat that, right? They're, they've got to be on board right. for that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm interested in what kind of advice you have for uh, business owners. This seems like it's the best case scenario for succession planning, and you've got a a business you love, and it's time for you to move on, but you don't want the business to end. And how do you find someone to take it over and who can be a good steward? And it seems like things have just worked out perfectly here. What advice do you have for somebody who's got a business and who's thinking, well, geez, I would love a a scenario just like what happened with the fountain? (laughs) Stay open, I would say, and um, and use Twitter. I don't know. That's where we got. That's where we all got connected originally. We, we all we've all known each other for a while, but that's how we met originally. But I would I would say now, stay open and stay connected, and always be looking ahead, man. Same with any any business. Just always be forward thinking and looking around at the at the talent in your world and the people that you know, and try to look at them and, and figure out what their genius is and if there's an opportunity there. I mean. I don't know how you replicate this. This was just a, a perfect storm of of good good people coming together, and then and and it just worked out. You know, I I really I don't know how you replicate that, but uh, we've accomplished some amazing things in, in our life just by looking around at the people in our universe and having coffee. <laughs> you know, asking them out for coffee, starting those conversations, and really starting to look for for what they're true true talent and passion is and then finding ways to put him to work in our world. And I think that was kind of what Ron did. He was, he, he and joy uh, were the ones that reached out just for initial conversation because we were in the same business and it went from there. And it was just, it was just a, a happy accident. I think I don't, I don't know that that was the intention originally. Well, I, I'm, I'm making a bold prediction, Michael, you know, in this business, we say, mark the tape. Uh, let's mark the tape. I am, pred- I'm, I'm putting crown candy on that list. 
uh, you know, it, it, it's an iconic brand. We, it's a family-owned business. It has to think about succession planning. What better than maybe another, uh, you know, great steward of a family like the Icon Horse to uh, step in there? And selfishly, as a as an Old North resident, love to have you in the neighborhood. And that's nothing against oh, Andy. Man. Andy's doing great. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> oh, I'm making a list of all of my loved St. Louis places that I want to make sure have a great <laughs> steward to keep them around. <laughs> Danny, right, that's right. Tell, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me a year or so, but then if anybody wants to retire, let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, Danny, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, guys. It was so good to talk with both of you. All right. That's Danny Eichenhorst. Uh, her and her husband, Marcus, have recently acquired and become investors and owners of the Fountain on Locust. And uh, about a year or so ago, did the same thing for Steve's Hot Dogs. It's, Michael, it's always great to talk, you know, the food innovation and what's happened because we are a foodie city. And this, this is a nice conversation to have on Nothing Impossible. Well, we talk about how St. Louis really is circling the wagons around what it's super good at, like geospatial, ag tech, financial services. We got some James Beard Award winners here, some food folklore from here. St. Louis is a food city, too. It is, and we'll uh, we'll continue to talk about more of the innovation happening in St. Louis. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Nothing Impossible. Download the podcast and uh, check us out next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.